Easter Sunday. The day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So much has transpired this past week. Only one week ago, we shouted, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And five short days later, we shouted, crucify, crucify. And yet today, we shout, hallelujah. So much has transpired in just one week's time. Matthew tells us that after the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who was more than likely Jesus' mother, came to the tomb during the dawn. I wonder if they simply couldn't wait any longer. They didn't go during the Sabbath. They didn't want to break Sabbath laws, but at the earliest possible time, they went to the tomb. For they knew he was no longer alive. After all, they watched from a distance as all of the events had transpired. They watched his nailing to the cross. They watched his death. And they watched his burial by Joseph of Arimathea. Pilate had sent a guard of soldiers, and they had rolled a stone in front of the tomb to seal off the tomb. So I'm pretty sure that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, more than likely Jesus' mother, were expecting Jesus to be there in the tomb, still dead. And yet when they arrived, something bizarre happened. When they arrived at the tomb, suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary must have been overwhelmed and possibly disturbed. The text tells us that there were guards who were guarding the tomb who shook and became like dead men. Like dead men. Eugene Peterson paraphrased this text in the message by saying the guards at the tomb were scared to death. They were so frightened they could not move. And then the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly, tell the disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. This is my message for you. You know, the story of the resurrection reminds us of the central role played by women during the time of Jesus' ministry. Women were present with Jesus throughout his entire life, during the dark moments of the crucifixion and death on Good Friday. As Jesus' other disciples abandoned him, it seemed that some of the women of his group continued to remain by his side in the last moments of his life. They were the first to worship the risen Jesus, and they were the first to be commissioned by him. Mary and the other Mary are the two of Jesus' followers who have the strength of faith not to abandon hope. When they entered the tomb, both of these women walked into a place where others feared to go. And then they walked out to tell people that the world was forever changed. For the stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out, but to let other witnesses in. Thomas G. Long, a biblical scholar, 
has written on the Gospel of Matthew, and he says these words. Without even knowing that they had crossed the border, Mary and the other Mary left the old world, where hope is in constant danger, and power makes things right, and peace has little chance, where the rich get richer and the weak will all eventually suffer, suffer under some Pontius Pilate or another, where people hatch murderous plots, where dead people stay dead. Without even knowing it, they had crossed the border and left the old world. And they entered the startling and breathtaking world of resurrection and life. You know, it's easy to understand the mixed emotions of being both fearful and filled with great joy that these two women experienced. God had just intervened in human history in an amazing way and had turned death, the ultimate reality, into new life. The text tells us, so they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly, as they were running, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Two women, the first people to worship the risen Jesus. Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid, but go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee, and there they will see me. See, Jesus has one final command for them. He says, Go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee, and there they will see me. But who does Jesus mean by his brothers? Does he just mean his disciples? Or does he mean more than just them? The final scene in the Gospel of Matthew shows the 11 disciples meeting with Jesus in Galilee. So at a minimum, Jesus is sending the women to tell those 11. But are the women bearers of a message that is only intended for men? It's important to realize that the Greek word that can grammatically be translated as brothers, could equally be translated as brothers and sisters. In the Greek language, they often use masculine plurals, plurals for any group that includes males, even if the group is nine women and one man. So Mary Magdalene and the other Mary are chosen to be the first to announce the resurrection. This speaks to both their strength of faith and to the nature of God. You see, there was no equal rights movement in ancient Israel. Women were considered unclean, and they had no control over the affairs of the state or even their own home. And part of Jesus' mission was to break down the barriers that divided humanity, and that included gender barriers. So women were called just as men to serve God's kingdom. God calls all of us, women and men alike, to be partners in accomplishing God's mission here on earth. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary are commissioned by Jesus himself to become the first apostles of the church. With great joy, they obey Jesus' command, becoming the first witnesses to the risen Christ. Something I picked up on as I was reading through the Gospel of Matthew is that Jesus' resurrection has so many parallels to his birth. Think of it this way. It was through a woman's womb that God came into the world. And it was through two women's faithfulness that the news of Jesus began to spread to the ends of the earth. Another connection between Jesus' birth and Jesus' 
resurrection is that in his birth, after King Herod heard the threatening news that a new king had been born, he tried to exterminate, sending soldiers to kill all the babies in the region. And after the crucifixion, when the religious and civil authorities had killed Jesus, they react to the threat of resurrection by sending soldiers to seal the tomb and guard his dead, his dead body. Both times, the people in charge used power and strength to attempt to control how God would work in the world. <laughs> For the God who shakes the earth cannot be stopped by murdering soldiers. The God who shakes the earth cannot be stopped by armed guards. And the God who shakes the earth cannot be stopped by an official rock sealing a tomb. The story that begins with fear ends with overwhelming joy. Jesus' birth is shadowed by many deaths. But Jesus' death brings the promise of resurrection life for all. Christ rose victoriously from the dead, conquering sin and death, bringing a limit to death and suffering. And one day we too will rise from the dead and we will receive a new body, the hope of eternal life, because that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. Do you believe? The Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. You know, there's an old story about a little boy and his mother who were driving down a country road on a beautiful spring afternoon. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a bumblebee flew in the car window. And since the little boy was deathly allergic to bee stings, he became petrified. He started shouting and screaming. And as the mother was trying to drive the car, she noticed her son having this enormous anxiety attack. So his mother quickly reached out, grabbed the bee, and squeezed it in her hand, and then released it. And as soon as she let it go, her young son became frantic once again as it buzzed by the little boy. The mother sensed her son's terror. And once again, she reached out her hand, but this time she pointed in her hand. There, stuck in her skin, was the stinger of the bee. You see this? She asked. You don't need to be afraid any longer. I've taken this sting for you. Christ has taken the sting of death for each and every one of us. In Christ, death has been defeated. In Christ, we are named as God's own forever. In Christ, we are adopted into the family of God. In Christ, we are forgiven of our sins. In Christ, we are transformed from sinner to saint. In Christ, we are given eternal, unending life. My question for you this morning is how does the resurrection affect you? Sometimes it's easy to sit in the brokenness of Good Friday. Many of us have suffered. 
Many of us have lost loved ones and are still carrying around the hurt and the pain. And sometimes it's much easier to sit in the darkness of Good Friday rather than living into the resurrection. All you have to do is cut on the news to hear the darkness of Good Friday. All you have to do is scroll through social media to see and hear the darkness of Good Friday. And sometimes it's hard to see that resurrection hope because it seems as if the world is only getting worse and worse. But I refuse to believe that God has abandoned the world. I refuse to believe that hope cannot demolish hopelessness, that God will not raise new life out of the ashes of despair. So my question for you today is, how does the resurrection affect you? And in today's text, there's at least four individuals who were significantly impacted by the resurrection. And the first was the earth. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake. It shook, it rocked, and it reeled. The ground quaked, the rocks erupted, the earth cracked, the olive trees in the garden waved and twisted their limbs. Nature was awakened. The earth trembled in sorrow at the crucifixion, but it leapt for joy at the resurrection. The earth attests to the cosmic significance of the event. The resurrection affected the earth. The angel also felt the effect. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and took a seat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his robe was white as snow. Like an action hero on a Saturday morning cartoon, shifts of lightning blazed from the angel, with his clothes shimmering like brand new, freshly fallen snow. He rolled the stone away not to let Jesus out, but to let the witnesses, the women, in. The angel sat on the rock that had been rolled away, indicating that the work had been completed. The resurrection affected the earth. The resurrection also affected the angel. The guards also felt the effects of the resurrection. The guards were shaken from fear that they became like dead men. They were stuck, unable to move. They shook in their sandals. The ones keeping watch over the dead became nearly dead. They were scared stiff. The resurrection affected the earth, the angels, and the guards. And then Mary Magdalene and the other Mary felt the effects as well. These women were filled with wonder and joy after they felt the earthquake, saw the stone get rolled away and heard from the angel. And then they met and worshipped Jesus. The good news of the resurrection became their message to share. The resurrection affected not only the earth, not only the angels, not only the guards, but also Mary and Mary. Everyone present that day felt the effects of the resurrection. How does the resurrection affect you? The gospel that began with a man who was afraid to marry his disgraced fiancée, the gospel that began 
with a fearful king trying to kill potential rival children. This is how the gospel began. And the gospel ends with life out of death, hope defeating hopelessness, and joy overcoming sorrow. This is the gospel. This is the good news. He is no longer in the grave. He is risen. The disease of death has been arrested. Our chains have fallen off. We are free. We have been reconciled, redeemed, and restored. No longer are we stuck in the bondage of sin and death, but we have the victory. The grave has been overcome. And so Jesus' command to the women really becomes the command to all of us as well. Stop being afraid. Stop living like it's still Friday. God has defeated death. Rejoice and share the good news. So how has the resurrection affected you? Will we rejoice and share the good news? Will we have the audacity to believe that God is at work even when we don't see it? Or will we hunker down, and embrace the darkness. Jesus' command to the women is also a command to us. Stop being afraid. Stop living like it's Friday. God has defeated death. Rejoice and share the good news. Hallelujah. He is risen.